Hello and welcome to another episode. Pod fam, what's going on? This is Podcasting Success Secrets. My name is Hector Santi Esteban and I am your host. I've spent much of the last 10 years trying to figure out what makes a successful podcast. And this show is to share some of those things that I've learned, some of the failures I've had along the way, and also to introduce you to some cool people who are making some things happen in the industry as well. And today is one of those episodes. We've got Mr. Alan Brunton. He is the founder of Symatrax, and uh, it's a really cool tool that can, for those of you guys who are in the information kind of education space, can really increase your results without you having to do any extra work. And so we're going to talk about that and some of the implications. Alan, thanks for hanging out with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on this show. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. I'm a podcast tool nerd. I'm kind of a tool geek. I love the apps and the softwares and the tools and all the kind of things that you can do. And so when I, someone like you comes around, I get excited. A, because I know that I don't have the inventive kind of brain to do and create the cool things that you guys do. But I also know that when we can get some of these tools in the hands of our listeners, that it can really make a big difference. So I'd love for you to share Symatrack's story. Obviously, you can share obviously what it does and how it does, but I'd love for you to share how you got here and a little bit about the buildup and lead up to that. Oh, well, we're going to have to go all the way back to me being raised in Amarillo, Texas, where my father was actually an electrochemical engineer. And he was a tinkerer also. He, he lost his hearing at the age of three. And so he was very confined to be a deep thinker. And uh, he actually invented the world's first electric milking machine and took it out at trying to think how old he was. I think he was 18 years old and he was raised on a dairy. And so he went out. I mean, he just thought about this and how he wrote in his memoirs that he felt like he was one of the first astronauts to land on the moon whenever he took his machine out there to their biggest and best milk cow, Old Red. And he hooked it up and he was getting ready. He was climbing the ladder because they had just, way back then, just gotten a drop cord for electricity out in the barn just for a light so he could be able to see milking the cows at four o'clock in the morning. So he climbed this ladder and getting ready to plug it in. He plugged it in. One major thing, he forgot to ground it. So when he plugged it in, the cow went and died on the spot. And he took the invention then out to the back and buried it behind the barn. It was about 12 years later before my grandmother found out what really happened to Old Red. But that type of inquisitive mind in creating things then also led him to use a lot of technology theories of Nikola Tesla so successfully that our federal government shut him down three different times in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, three different industries. And so I was raised in that environment. I would go to his workshop and see something from my mother's kitchen, an electronic device, and he had had it taken completely apart and was using parts of it for his inventions. And I would ask him, does mom know you have that? And he said, don't tell her. She wasn't using it anyway. So, you know, I, I got to see all these things made for one thing, but repurposed and used for a completely new idea. And so that's where the inert way of my thinking was born and raised. Now, it's because as I graduated from high school and went to college, I studied applied vocal music to sing opera professionally. And I did pretty well back in high school and went through college and sang with the Dallas Opera and other opera companies. But in the same time, I was a restaurateur. 
and I opened over 30 restaurants. And part of that then led me to have my own TV cooking show. So from there, I became an audio engineer. And from there, I started then looking at when somebody presented me with information about the difference of concert A at 440 hertz to 432. And I started looking to see some of the greatest musicians of all times, like Oh, like Mozart and great opera composer Giuseppe Verdi, they tuned to 432 hertz. But when you go into it, then even up to our times, or my time anyway, because I'm much older than you. I mean, Pink Floyd was using 432 as concert A, the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin. You know, these guys explored and pushed the boundaries of what was outside of the norm. And I started then looking and digging into a lot of clinical trial data from Johns Hopkins, the Mayo Clinic, Harvard, Oxford, MIT, and others. And they had identified that specific frequencies when placed on the brain would raise the brain's cognitive ability. And I said, wow, okay, so somebody must have software out there so I can just take it and run my playlist through it, make me smarter. And somebody then said, well, that's never been done before. And I looked around and said, okay, I'll do it. And the reason why I said that was because way back in 1982, I went to this local Cheers bar here in Dallas and there was a really gnarly bartender I'd never seen before. I knew this guy was not going to be tending bar very long at all because he was rude to the customers. He was cursing at them for not tipping. He was like, hey, hey, tip jar, tip jar, come on. And I went, wow, I'm going to hang around because somebody's going to punch this guy. And he came over to me and he said, man, I can't wait till I get funding from my company so I can make some real money. And I asked him, well, what kind of company? He said, computers, software, that's where the money is. And I said, well, that's pretty cool. I like it. And I reached out my hand to shake his and said, my name's Alan. And he leans over to me and says, Mark Cuban. So, you know, I thought to myself, okay, if Mark Cuban can get into the technology field, I can too. Because I've seen him around here in Dallas a few times and listened to him talk. All you have to do is apply it and make it work. So that's the reason why I got into the field. It's taken me a while to be able to put together a team. It took me about a year to find somebody that could actually write the acoustic-based code that I needed. And then it took another three years to get it patented. And once it got patented, and then trying to find ways to put it up onto the internet. And one thing led to another. I found a chief technology officer, has a very successful cybersecurity company, Eduardo Contreras. His company is called Alcon DTS, based in Austin. And with 13 full-time employees, We don't really have any problem trying to extend what we're doing because he took my company and reformatted it all on a full Microsoft platform. So we can expand in so many different areas. What the the technology of our software actually does is takes any digital audio and makes it healthier for the brain, reducing white noise pollution that's found in all digital audio. And so since you reduce, I mean, there's all kinds of trials showing that white noise actually will put you to sleep and reduce your heart rate and your respiratory, but it also it reduces everything else because the way that white noise affects the brain is very much more than what we give it credit for because the brain does not recognize white noise as the words white noise. 
it recognizes each and every individual frequency that's in that playback code in digital audio. So just like any computer, when you're running three or four major programs at one time, everything's fine until you upload huge amounts of data. And then it slows everything down. I mean, so that's the reason why people listen to white noise to go to sleep. It physically makes it happen. But as I said, if you want to have more focused attention, be more vibrant, have more energy, and as we're showing in one of our clients right now at Continuing Education University, raise your retention of the information being taught to you. So it focuses out all that disturbing stuff that takes away from your focused attention and allows you then to be able to concentrate and understand the real purpose of why you're there. Yeah, man, it's just so timely. I can't tell you how. Robert Edward Grant, are you familiar with him? I am not. He calls himself a polymath. He's, you know, one of these new age kind of influencer authors, but he studies sacred geometry. And he's kind of, that's his thing is showing people the similarities between DNA structures and whatever buildings and architecture and, and all these sorts of things. One of the things that he was talking about, though, is that 432 hertz specifically is something that is not an accident. I'm sure that there are a lot of people sitting there and thinking, what the hell are you talking about, Alan? You're talking about some sorcery kind of stuff. And no, no, almost, no. right? Yeah. But, well, but, I mean, you would think about it. It's the only problem is it is such a subtle push. It's pretty close to understanding and taking supplements for your, your body. And if you take the supplements for a long-term goal, your body changes and you become healthier. The same thing goes with being able to understand and select the environment that you put yourself in. I was just talking with a grant writer for our company who is submitting a grant proposal for an SBIR so that we can take our technology to the DOD and to the armed forces and to the Veterans Administration. But whenever I was talking to them about it, the difference between 440 hertz, which is Concert A, and the International Standards Organization has deemed that is the Concert A that all music should be attuned to, but if you go to 432 hertz, which is then 6 hertz difference, most people cannot tell the difference of the two pitches. It is so small that people that are, let's say, professional musicians, and one of the guys that tested our technology was a Grammy Hall of Famer that was blown away by the difference of what we did. And we also had a professional harpist, a certified sound therapist that would take her harp into different environments like hospice centers and, and surgical recovery rooms, etc., so that people would be able to emotionally come back into a healthy and a positive environment. I took one of her CDs and ran it through the software and sent it to her. But she called me back within 20 minutes and she said, Alan, I could feel the difference in just 20 seconds. So the people that are really in tune and work in a recording studio environment every single day, they will be able to feel the difference. Most people won't be able to, but that's just fine. That is the reason why that we set the parameters within the code of the software to filter out the white noise at the volume and the amplitude that we have right now. So it won't be noticeable to the general public, yet they will be healthier and will actually just make them smarter. 
the challenge is, is like, well, go do it. We'll just wrap up the episode now. You upload your file, you download the file, your listeners, they learn faster, better. That's it. What else is there? But I know that that's not, otherwise you wouldn't be writing grants. Otherwise you'd be on the NASDAQ, whatever. Like I'm curious about what some of the bottlenecks or some of the holdups or what might be some of the the blind spots, if you will, that people are having to this that's preventing it from being adopted? Or is it just, you know, it just happened and and now we just need to get in front of more people? Well, it's just me. When I first came up with this concept about eight years ago, I had a friend take me down to Austin where I was presented to two different people. One gentleman was a CEO founder of a multi-million dollar tech company. And then his advisor, which actually used to be the chief software buyer at Dell, he was working on his MBA at MIT. He's now the lead architect at AWS. And so he told me when he listened to what I wanted to create, he said, yeah, this is incredible. Normally, what I would do was take you up to the third floor there at Dell, write a contract, produce your software, and we'd be partners. However, I can guarantee you there's nobody at Dell that has the skill set to write acoustic-based code. It's one in a thousand programmers that actually has that skill set. So good luck with finding somebody. But here's a couple of other things, too, to think about it. It's going to take you a while to put together a team because you don't come from technology. You don't know anybody. You don't have experience. You don't have a track record. So people are going to be leery until you can get out there and prove yourselves. Now, then on the other side of the coin, had you come from technology, you would not have thought of this because you'd be confined to be thinking just like all the other peers in your group. You'd be stepping on toes if you stepped out of those boundaries. But since you don't even know that there are toes there to step on, you're you're freewheeling. You can think outside of the box as long as you want. And so that's exactly what I did. I did take some very short steps just to get that information, get the software, which is a a SaaS product, uh, software as a service, up onto the internet for people to be able to use. My first attempt at that was the wrong, very limited platform. And then after a year of that is when I found Eduardo as my CTO, and he came right in. I mean, his company is so successful, and it's just great that he has such an outreach into helping humanity, community. He has awards nationally and here in the state of Texas and in Mexico for his business accolades of the the way that he's been able to promote and do such great service for the community. So, I mean, he's working on things with the Chamber of Commerce of Texas and the Chamber of Commerce of Spain, trying to bring over Picasso exhibits to travel around the state. I mean, he just cares about people. And that is the kind of person or the people that I want to have involved in my company. Now, like I made mention earlier, Mark Cuban, great businessman. He has a model that is very successful. However, it doesn't reach out into the way that I see how Symatrax is going to go. Because this is so far reaching. And like I said, digital audio. And I don't need to remind you that over 5 billion people listen to digital audio every day. 
We have one trial completed last year from the Department of Communication Science and Disease at James Madison University, where they have shown that our technology is actually beneficial and a positive influence as a daily therapy for PTSD and for autism. So other neurologists have already been offering to overlook clinical trials of what we're doing for autism, but then other neurologists have said, well, if it works for autism, then it should work for ADHD, stroke, dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. If people were just to be able to look at the science, the actual physics of what we are doing with specific frequencies and the way that we are condensing the delivery of neurotransmitters to the brain, they would look at each other and say, that's logical. So, I mean, to me, it's just been a logical way of doing it. But getting back to your original question, what's been the holdup of getting this out there? Once again, like the guy from Dell said, it's putting together a team. So with Eduardo and myself and then his 13 full-time employees and others outside, we've got a dev team over in India right now that is getting ready to launch uh, a subscription model of our service. And all podcasters are going to be able to use our technology for free because we're going to give the initial people the use of this to upload five files per month, which is perfect for podcasters that are producing one podcast a week. So they'll have the availability to upload. And then whenever their listeners are listening, they'll have more focused attention they won't be distracted as much as what normally happens when you listen to 15 to 20 minutes of white noise, which is found in all digital audio. Yeah, it's really cool. And I guess for me, it's like, why wouldn't you guys go get signed up? And I also know that I have been going down this rabbit hole of you know frequencies. On one of my other shows, we recently had a hypnotist on, and he was talking about how there were people who, on a sleep hypnosis their brains were distorting the audio and so that they couldn't hear the audio. And there was, he told a story of a husband and a wife who were in the same room listening to the same recording, but the husband could hear it fine, but the wife was hearing, like he was speaking in tongue. The recording was speaking in, in just gargled tongues. And that showed me at that point that there's something going on in this connection. We're taught sound goes in our ear, our brain picks it up, and then that's what you hear when there's actually a much deeper mechanical process that's happening and a lot more opportunity for things to go haywire or or not, right? And kind of what you're talking about is syncing up that's that signal. Yeah, one of the most professional neurologist that I cite so very often is Dr. Nina Krauss. And she wrote a book a couple of years ago called Of Sound Mind. And she gets into the actual physics of the brain and what happens then whenever sound passes through. And I haven't completely finished the book yet, but I'm looking into there and going, there's actually several paragraphs within the book in one chapter that actually tells about how there is outside frequency and then inside frequency that could be very different. I mean, you could have a memory of a song and inside of your head, you would have a frequency being replayed. And then on the outside, it could be a different frequency. And it all depends then on the way that the brain shifts and modifies itself to be the most, uh, to operate the most optimized way possible. 
And that's exactly what our mission statement is at Symatrax, is we are here to raise the human potential. Just think about it. When you're driving down the road and you're looking for an address out the window, first thing you do is reach forward and turn down the music on your radio. So yeah, I mean, you're modifying your surroundings so that you can focus better. The same thing goes in another example about being in the car. When you were young and you had siblings and you were in the backseat and you were raising cane back there and joking and having fun, and your mother or father would turn around and say, be quiet, I can't think. Well, that is real. Because whenever you subject this other information to the brain, it takes away from your focused attention. That's it. And if you're in a space where you're trying to make change you know, help people affect change or transformation, then you can use all the percentage points you can get in terms of improving. Yeah, one of our largest clients is a continuing education university online, Elite CEU. And they have already run over 3,000 digital audio files from their training videos through our software and put it back with this then uh, showing a higher percentage of passing just from the a year ago from the same videos where people were taking. So, you know, we know that what we're doing then is cleaning up the noise pollution found in, in Nathan all digital audio. Plus also when they were asking then their clients, and so what is it you remembered the most about in that training video? And one of the answers was, well, I remember everything. It was, gosh, even though it was a month ago, it was like, I remember everything word for word. So we've got better retention by way of customers telling us these things. We're looking to be able to go further. We have another trial there at James Madison University getting ready to be initiated. And from there, we'll take that data and submit it to Autism Speaks, where they'll fund us one to three million dollars so we can do the clinical trials for autism. Like you said, as big as what this is, I mean, I've had Samsung contact me. I've had people from Micron contact me about taking our technology and then putting that into chips. So we're just waiting and evaluating to see what the market is going to do a little bit more. But it's just so exciting that this information is actually getting out. Lenovo was another group. And we have a standing invitation to present this to the board of directors at Disney Music as soon as we get ourselves looking like a big boy company. That's all they're waiting on. The people that are using it are just loving it right now. So anybody can sign up right now and get the free use of it. And that's at Symatrax.com. But, you know, and then it was just spelled C-Y-M-A-T-R-A-X. Easy. I love it. Symatrax.com. When this episode hits, you guys will probably be able to go out and start uploading stuff for free. And, and like you said, if you have a weekly episode, you know, you should be able to get all of your podcasts out and upload it and just start. I mean, that's it. That's what's great. Is like a lot of times we, there's so many other strategies where you've got to do this and you've got to do this. And it's, there's all these parts and maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Like this is the most the simplest strategy it's you get signed up upload your thing publish it and keep going so well one thing i wanted to bring about to your listeners attention is something that you and i discussed before the recording began and that is that we're hoping then we're going to be able to take this before it gets launched take your podcast and and filter it through our technology so for all the listeners that are still listening right now guess why you're still listening number 1 it's new stuff but number 2 it's clear, clean audio. Yeah. 
and we can thank Simatrax for that. Alan, is there anywhere else that people should go or if they want to stay in touch with you, is there any place to do that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you can find me on LinkedIn or I even have a, a Simatrax Facebook page where I post a lot of new clinical trial data that is coming from all over the world. I mean, there was something that within the same space, I'm sure that you know of people that have been using binaural beats as a way of shaking the branches within the brain to be able to make sure that it's not locked onto one way of thinking. And I said, well, okay, if that seems to work, fine. But there was a new trial that just came out three weeks ago showing that listening continually to binaural beats is detrimental to your health and lessens your cognitive ability. So, you know, you can find that on, like I said, the Simon Tracks uh, Facebook page. You can go to LinkedIn. I post it there. They have a page there. But or you can go to simatrax.com and even just send us an email at info, I-N-F-O, at simatrax.com. And we'll put you, you know, on a waiting list or respond to what you're doing. We have a lot of people that are working to be able to take the suggestions, categorize those. And so I get up at four o'clock every morning to go through and find out what people are saying, what they want in the technology. So yeah, it's really an exciting time and for it to be a part of it. And I'm just, once again, grateful that you are a part of it to be able to share this information with the world. Yeah, I'm excited that I get to play a part in this as well. We'll link up all those things in the show notes as well. Alan, I got to thank you for being here, but also for doing what you do. I'd imagine that if it's not still thankless, that there were thankless moments in times where perhaps, you know, you may have felt like the only one who saw the vision. So I just kind of want to affirm and, and honor you for that. Well, I do appreciate it so much. As I said, as many people as listen to digital audio, this will make bokus of money more than I will ever be able to spend myself. But the greatest thing that well, I'll know that I, it is going to be extremely successful is whenever I see parents of an autistic child see their child have a breakthrough because they're using our technology and they're listening to their digital audio. And if I look over and I can see a tear coming down from the eye of the mother, that is just going to, oh, it's going to melt my heart. Yeah, I love it. Alan, this is fantastic. Thank you all for sticking with us. We appreciate a rating and review wherever you get your podcast. And as always, thanks for being part of the pod fam. See you on the next one. Later, y'all.